skydiving. This is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires porting of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And this is Juvenalia, the podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a piece of pop culture that was important to them when they were a child. Our guest today is the co-founder of Late Night Work Club and the co-creator of, of Night in the Woods, Scott Benson. Hi. Hello. Welcome Hi. to the show. Hello from all the way across the Atlantic. Yeah. Where my, are you my, right my, now, actually? My voice just emerges. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. Oh, in cool. Pennsylvania right now. At my desk. On the first floor of the small house that we rent. Nice. Yeah. There you go. So you're going to talk to us. It's raining out. I can keep giving context. Yeah. Give as much detail as you need. (laughs) Yeah. It's raining. I'm wearing my slippers. Um, It's maybe 40 degrees out. That's Fahrenheit. I don't know. I can't translate that to Celsius. That's like two degrees Celsius. Is it? How do you know that? I... I pay attention. I guess. Oh my god! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow! We've both been scorned. Salt. Okay. Yeah. Tell us more about these slippers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're. I don't know. I, my wife got them for me. I don't think that they're super fancy slippers. I've been wearing them for like two years, so they're kind of very falling apart. But they're very warm. Are they like slippy today. slippers, like a flip flop or a full foot coverage? It's a full like slipper shoe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like, I don't, come on, flip-flop, slippers. <laughs> I used to have a pair uh, of slippers that were uh, Spongebob's head, and you would just stick your foot into his mouth twice. <laughs> yeah. And it was like walking around with pillows, like, taped to your feet. But then my <laughs> uh-huh. dog got at them, and he just destroyed them. Mm. It was very... So, someone on the internet is, like, making art of just that, of, <laughs> of sticking their foot Spongebob into Spongebob's mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, it's there already. If you think of it, someone's done it already. Yeah, yeah That's that like is what real... Yeah. Um, okay. If you can conceive of it, someone has made erotic <laughs> fan. So you're here to talk about Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, I am. And um, I'm going to say this up front. Um, I haven't seen them films in a few years, and I, I actively held off on wa- rewatching them for this podcast because I wanted to keep the kind of mists of time <laughs> aspect to my recollections because I saw these movies like dozens of times each when I was a kid. Um, and uh, and I've seen them a few times as an adult, so I kind of want to I want to approach them uh, with that same kind of like you know slight distance on them yeah. uh, mm-hmm. this time. So so if I get a couple details wrong, well I guess you'll be the one getting the correction emails. Yeah, I mean that's fine because I didn't rewatch them either. Because again, I, yeah, I saw them a lot as a kid, and then once or twice in college, which is much further away than I thought when I was thinking about <laughs> this today. But um, so how old were you when you saw it first? What was the first one you saw? I believe the first one I saw, so I'm 36, um, and the first one I saw was, um, so I was like, I, I was really, really young in the mid-80s, and um, I think I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark when it was out on VHS um, uh, in maybe like 1986 or something, Okay, something like that, when I was like four or five, and um yeah, so I, I I have memories of that. I think this is like before like my parents started cracking down on what we were allowed to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's like that, you know that's quite a movie when you're like five. Um, and then around uh, about that time, uh, a neighbor across the street that we were friends with, I was like friends with their kids, um, had Temple of Doom on VHS, and so uh, so I also saw that right around the same time. That's a heavy uh, one and then I that. ended up seeing Last Crusade, um, uh, at some point when I, uh, like when that one came out on VHS in like 1991 or something. Yeah, that was the first one uh, I saw because I'm 33, so I, oh, I was okay. like six or seven when that came out on VHS. So, 
Okay, yeah, so similar personal timetables, just different mm. Indiana Jones movie was there for that. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of like callback stuff in that one that just went over my head. It probably went over my head for a bit, even if I'd seen the first two, because I was six, and not, <laughs> not that sophisticated a viewer. But um, yeah. like, what did you like about them? Do you remember like that experience? Well, yeah, so like when I was a kid... In like the early like you know mid eighties or whatever, like I liked Star Wars. Star Wars is fine, but like I was never super into it. But Indiana Jones, I liked uh, for a few reasons. One, when I was a kid, I was really big into reading about like mythology and like world religions and like history and archaeology and stuff because I was extraordinarily hip um, <laughs> as a child, as you can tell. Um, so there was something about uh, the, this kind of like grounded mythology. Um, adventure it wasn't like this kind of sweeping space opera it was just this guy going on all these like adventures somewhere in the real world where like you know various magical things of all religious stripes were happening (laughs) um uh so i liked that um i thought they were really funny as a kid and they're actually pretty comedic um if i remember correctly they've you know obviously go to some grim places but there's a lot of just physical comedy a lot of just general like lightheartedness abounding um and uh, yeah harrison Ford's whip, really funny that was cool yeah the whip is yeah amazing um, yeah like he just i suppose stuff like that that wouldn't happen in regular action films like the famous bit where the crowd parts and there's a giant guy with a sword and he just shoots him yeah, That's that like one was iconic. Like, that was apparently, yeah, yeah I, I guess the the fairly well known trivia about that is that they were supposed to have this very intricate sword fight, mm-hmm. and, and but like everyone had food poisoning that day on the <laughs> on the crew and cast, and they tried it a couple of times, and Harrison Ford just kind of couldn't get through it, and then he eventually was just like, "Can I just shoot him?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, that's better. Let's just do that." And so that became this kind of like defining moment of the of the character this kind of just uh, like uh, like he he's just kind of like he gets really tired and annoyed in fights yeah uh, like which in, i that's was like, like how a normal person would react though i yeah. think that's cool it's just like fuck yeah. this you know like it happens again yeah, on the he's airplane got a fight. lot of like yeah. geez yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, the airplane fight he knocks out the mechanic and then he's climbing up and sees the huge guy behind him pulling off the huge Nazi pulling off his shirt behind him. Huge Nazi. And he literally just goes, Oh God. Yeah. He's like, okay, <laughs> he's, I'm, I'm, he's like, I'm climbing down. Just give me, I will fight you, but just like <laughs> on my time scale. Apparently also that was, this is like my few factoids I have about the movie. Apparently also a lot of that scene was also improvised. Oh really? Yeah. That one seems so... so structured the way every little thing that happens leads to all those explosions at the end. Yeah, definitely. I think like at least the the like choreography and performances and stuff were pretty improvised. I'm mm-hmm. sure that there was like you know an actual A to B to C plan, but like a lot of that. So him going like, oh, okay, I'll get down, might have yeah totally just been made up on the spot. That um, seems like something Harrison Ford is amazing at because didn't he improvise or at least change the I know line and start in Emperor Strikes Back as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. I used to, he used to just repeat like "I love you" back or something, mm. and then he was like, "Nope, <laughs> overruled." Yeah, Lucas, um, or Lawrence, and uh, yeah, like I think a lot of it comes down to just the general like charisma of Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. um, particularly at the time. Now he's kind of just this gruff like, oh. <laughs> like crotchety yeah yeah he plays it up and he's like very funny about it mm-hmm. but at the time he just had kind of a general like uh, uh charisma to him that um i think like young me thought was just like pretty much like the coolest thing ever now i'm watching these movies and i'm like man they're horrible to women and they're hyper colonialist and man that second one's pretty racist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um There's a whole lot of tribes in these films yeah, yeah. yeah. even the, the villains in the movies, the way they rely on the, like the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, like it's like a really, Cape Blanchett is like such a typical like Soviet villain who is so evil. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's a great accent she had going on. Yeah, it's stunning. <laughs> Dr. Jones. Yeah, I can't even do it. Um, there's a, there's a show, are either of you familiar with the Venture Brothers? Uh, yeah, I've seen a bit. It doesn't air much over here, but it has been on, yeah. Okay, yeah. So like, Hank Venture, one of like the doofy uh, titular Venture brothers, 
at one point is trying to disguise himself and he just puts on like a fake beard and he refers to himself as in a very, very ridiculous, bad Russian accent as Russian Gajovic. And uh, <laughs> that's Kate Blanchett's character. Yeah. Skulls. I am Russian Gajovic. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like, I think it was just like all that stuff. Like, you know, I was unaware of kind of like all the, you know, problematic instances of mm. things that, I was a kid um, and it was just this kind of like globetrotting romp uh, that would go to these kind of weird, you know, magical like people's heads would explode because like they saw like an angel and stuff or like people would like get like, you know, brainwashed by having like weird like blood poured into their mouth out of this like particular like doll thing and uh all, all this kind of stuff was also just super cool. There's something about the cause and effect of all of that stuff. And if you could like, and like figuring out the rules to it of like, no, like we actually have to do this or that type of thing. And it's like, you have to kind of treat these artifacts with some sort of respect um, because they have this kind of innate power to them that was related, that felt more grounded, I think, because it was based in like Rick real cultures. Yeah. And, and there's, stuff. there are real artifacts that have value and stuff and i'm sure like that people in archaeology they saw such a boom in people like kids and stuff that wanted to they were like i want that life this is this is going to be me Mm -hmm. and it's like such a different reality to like in every way (laughs) yeah people i know who like are into archaeology is like it's a lot of not that like at all like a lot of that stuff is such like a a colonial era idea of this kind of like you know this strong white no-nonsense guy is gonna like parachute into sometimes literally into these cultures and just nab their artifacts because they belong in a museum back in white people country like they'll be appreciated you know yeah (laughs) it's that kind of like ridiculous notion of it um the they kind of couch it in a, in a few different things, though. It's not always like, you know, um, like there's a joke, there's a running joke in the movies about like what his motivation is, and it's like fortune and glory. And um, but they kind of give him other ones, like particularly in like the Last Crusade, he's like looking for his like father, mm. um, and 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 so forth. And then they're like, yeah, we, and then he's like, yeah, let's just go home once they are reunited. And they're like, no, because you see Hitler. Let's <laughs> um, so again. A running theme, a running plot point in uh, the first and third movie is that uh, Hitler is, uh, you know, classically Hitler interested in kind of like occultic shit because he's like, it's going to give me all kinds of power <laughs> um, and uh, stuff because Hitler is an idiot. And um, <laughs> the. Among other bad Strong ideas. Strong words. Yeah. 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 yeah he sorry. is a big dummy, for sure. I don't... <laughs> that doofus Adolf Hitler. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, so he... Yeah, so, like, they're going after things like the Ark of the Covenant, and they're going after, like, the Holy Grail in, um, uh, in the third film. But in all of them, there's a... There's, there's an element of some bad bad people are looking for this artifact so indiana jones who's renowned finder and pilferer of (laughs) treasures uh uh is is going to be there to uh, he's 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 good at finding stuff let's let's put him on it um such that he eventually ends up basically working for the government Mm. doing that kind of thing i believe in crystal skull he is kind of like it he's contracted during uh um the war during world war two to to go off and do some stuff like that so yeah um so I that's, that's sorry go that's on. generally yeah. oh no i i realized i just gave this really scattershot history of the character no but, it was yeah. good though yeah um so have you seen crystal skull because i have yeah not. i saw it in the theater i saw yeah. it in the theater with my dad and my wife my dad and i both really liked these movies when i was a kid it was like a thing that we that we shared and we saw Crystal Skull when I was visiting, when we were visiting home. Uh, and I forget why we were there. And uh, we saw it and we were both just like, 
Hmm. <laughs> that wasn't great. Because the original trilogy, as much as like like kind of Temple of Doom is kind of like eh, but the first the first one and like uh, you know Raiders and um, Last Crusade are both just really well made movies, um, and and so forth. But like Crystal Skull, that's not great. <laughs> I don't think. What and do you I think's missing think it's missing from it? Uh. Well, a few things. Um, the, I think part of it is th- it didn't do a f- super great job of jumping from this kind of like more grounded mythology. I say grounded, but you know what I mean. Like this yeah. kind of grounded thing that's part of these kind of like uh, that's kind of deeply embedded or at least a cartoonish version of these things that are um, embedded in real cultures to uh, kind of UFOs. And I guess earlier on, um lucas had wanted to make a uh an indiana jones movie that might have been called indiana jones and the saucer men from mars which would have been a much better name (laughs) it's Um, like if ed wood directed it or something yeah definitely um indiana jones and the freaked out aliens but um (laughs) So he had wanted to do that. So he had had this idea of like, because the original, you know, the whole premise similar to Star Wars is based on these kind of like 1930s and 40s, like adventure serial movies um, that uh, that Lucas was into when he was a kid. And he was just kind of remaking them. Um, and uh, uh, he was just kind of wanting to remake them um, and do kind of like a really cool version of that. So like in the originals, like, yeah, it was this kind of like, uh, you know, white adventurer kind of movies um, where, uh, yeah, it just traipsing around all over the uh, the rest of the world, like seeing like cr- freaky people and uh, <laughs> like stealing their stuff, <laughs> um, <laughs> setting off their booby traps, which have been, uh, you know, preserved perfectly for thousands of years. But those are very not gonna well arrow machines. Yeah. Yeah. You wasted all their arrows, man. <laughs> it's been there for a long time long time uh blowing up uh various things um so uh so that was yeah so that was that but then um when it came time for crystal skull and the original kind of saucer men from mars ideas he, he was like oh well let's update it into this kind of 50s atomic era thing which is when you start getting like lots and lots of alien movies because it was like you know that atomic era like all the kind of like monster movies stopped being like Dracula and they started being like, you know, giant tentacled alien or mm. thing created by toxic waste or communists or, or, or communists. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Communist blobs. Com- yeah. Commie <laughs> alien, commie saucer men from red Mars. Um, so, uh, yeah. So in that movie, yeah, the bad guys are the Soviet union. Um, uh and and stuff they're 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 given equal evil to the nazis which uh you know thanks questionable yeah Yeah, it's maybe Mm. yeah um and uh india jones like up to that point wasn't like a like hyper patriotic (laughs) like it wasn't he wasn't like i'm gonna get the ark of the covenant for america (laughs) or something (laughs) um which would have been a much dumber movie um uh, he was, you know, trying to, uh, or maybe he was, but he—that wasn't his thing. Where he was like, "Yeah, I love America, man. It's great." Like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like Uncle Sam says hello and then punching Hitler and stuff. Yeah, it was purely um, self-interest. <laughs> um, but like in in this one, yeah, he's he's all upset at the commies, um, and I always kind of thought of him as like being like I, I wouldn't think of Indiana Jones as being a particularly like like political guy like i mean the movies are Mm. political as all get out just because you can't not be with this kind of subject matter Mm -hmm. but like his character was never like man i hate karl marx (laughs) (laughs) he blows like that here's my collection is problematic yeah yeah. (laughs) i was gonna say yeah um but like anti-stalinist jones i I don't know it would have existed in like 1950 or something but like um so (laughs) And I wouldn't have uh, yeah. thought the first and third ones would have been problematic <clears throat> at the time. Like Nazis are bad and we should punch them seemed mm-hmm. a fairly yeah, that seems accepted. Like, that seems like a gimme. Yeah. Seems yeah. pretty solid at this point in time as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you have to reasonably debate them out of <laughs> yeah. their idea. Oh yeah. I which, forgot. Sorry. Which is, yeah. 
which Indiana Jones attempts to, I think, at one point with a rocket launcher in the first one. But um, for the most part, no, he, he goes to the tried and true uh, punching of Nazis for the most part. <laughs> also, like other things, like he like, you know, would like, you know, whip one of them and get like their legs caught on something and they'd like, you know, get crushed by something. Uh, he'd, you know, drive a truck off the road full of Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he did a lot of shit to Nazis. He threw an old years. Nazi at a window and then <laughs> made sure he rolled over him in his car. <clears throat> yeah. The first one. Which oh. Yeah. See, I think, um, it's like when you kill a spider and you hit it a couple of times. I think on my, yeah, like Mindhunter, they call that overkill. Oh my God. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Indiana Johnson is a psychopath. No, I don't Unless think he is. all archaeologists are. All archaeologists are. You heard it here. Archaeologist. Um, <laughs> I mean, all the archaeologists but, I know most spend most of their time like treating, scanning old stones to see if there's something written on them. Yeah, yeah, like, which isn't having like a little dental pick yeah. going <laughs> over like a bit of rock, just brushing to see it if with it's, a like, little a, a fragment of pottery. There's a lot more pottery, yeah, from what I understand. Uh-huh. A lot more of that um, on old going... food remains in bowls. Mm. Like... Yeah, like is this wine in this old like deflated sheep stomach, or is it just what the sheep was eating? We gotta find out. <laughs> the city I'm from is um, it's a thousand years old, so there's like a medieval museum there, and Ooh. most of it is just bits of old shoes, <laughs> just little bits of that are like this was probably a heel. We think so. We're gonna put it in a museum. That's mostly. You know what you need to is. get? You need to get like a peat bog man. Oh yeah, uh, we've got a couple of them because Alan's from Waterford and I'm from Dublin, and mm-hmm. the our museum in Dublin has like three bog bodies I think but also Dublin that... steals a lot of stuff from around the country yeah. <laughs> to it put in its there. museums so yeah it's like the Book of Kells we robbed that here in Pittsburgh we have no bog men oh. at least not dead ones <laughs> <laughs> we have ones but perfectly like, alive roaming the streets yeah it's just like ah. <laughs> I was shot by an arrow in the year negative 300 um <laughs> We have a lot of dinosaurs. Like that was kind of like our claim to fame through various historical uh, machinations. Um, oh, that's much cooler. We, we have zero we have dinosaurs. No dinosaurs. Yeah. We have one giant oh, Irish like... elk skeleton, mm-hmm. but do that's just a big like, moose. <laughs> do you have like a dinosaur that you're like here? This is the dinosaur that was around here. No, no. Well, I, think I we, don't think they've ever found a dinosaur in Ireland. We get mammals. We have gigantic mammals. We had mammoths, oh, okay. I think. Yeah, we did have mammoths. Yeah, woolly guys, and oh. then. Okay. No dinosaurs, though. No. Like, we had wolves until the 18th century, and then we (laughs) shot them and made them all leave, so... Mm -hmm. We were just talking about that, because someone was talking about reintroducing wolves to Pennsylvania, and Bethany and I do a lot of hiking, and I'm like, great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, cool. This is all we need. (laughs) My, like, like, chubby, asthmatic ass trying to get away from a a pack of wolves (laughs) because I wanted to go out on a hike... Or something. We're, I think we're, they're trying to. I think to cull the massive deer population we have here. Oh. So there's like hunting to kind of try to cull the herd, but like it's it's they just populate so quickly that someone was eventually like, how about we bring back one of man's ancient foes? <laughs> <laughs> Nature's AK forty-seven. Yeah. 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 Let's uh let's let's bring wolves back. You know uh, what we missed? Our, <laughs> our, our 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 children. Uh, snatched out of our backyards. Um, <laughs> I don't know enough about the behavior wolves. There's probably like wolf enthusiasts who are wolves are pretty chill listen- animals. Yeah, yeah. So like, the, um, we're gonna get like a hate mail from the wolf enthusiasts, yeah. like the way you mischaracterize wolves. Not That's all wolves. Why they're not in Ireland anymore. Wolves are um, huge. I've seen one in real life. Yeah, they're huge. They're gigantic. You think they're gonna be like, oh, this is a husky, but you're like, I'm very afraid. Yeah, very I've, frightened. I've seen coyotes. A bunch in real life. Oh, I have never seen the coyote. We don't have them uh, here. They're like wiry little, like beige dogs who are just like, <laughs> I'd eat you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I will. Kind of, yeah, they're just they they'd consider it like <laughs> they're opportunists, um, and they'll scavenge and stuff. So like, you know, you're not super like in danger of just getting like devoured by a coyote. I had this conversation with my wife once about so uh, about whether or not I would win a fight with a coyote. Um, <laughs> they're not huge. They're about the size of kind of like mid-sized dogs, at okay. least the ones I've seen. And here's my thinking. <laughs> so I thought about this for a while. A coyote jumps up 
Yeah. Right? And it, like, latches on to me somewhere. I think I could just fall forward and, okay. like, break its rib cage or something. Like, something... And Bethany would say, listen, you're going to get gravely injured doing this. I'm like, yeah, but I'd, he'd die first. He'd die, but then you'd die. Because <laughs> yeah, he would have bitten well, your I, neck I, I or something. I get medical attention. There's no coyote ambulance coming. Um, <laughs> so if there was, that would be adorable. That would be, um, the, like the paramedics are coyotes as well. Uh, yeah. But they're good ones. Uh, they're like, they, they're being domesticated. That's actually kind of grim. They should be wild animals. Forget but they have, like, <clears throat> they have like little World War II nurses hats on. Yeah, it's very cute and yeah. kitschy. Hats and capes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're actually Coyote Ambulance yeah. is my new <laughs> extremely hip band. Uh, Coyote Ambulance playing at, what, what's, a, what's, a, what's a big music festival in, in Ireland? Oh, that's Electric a picnic. picnic. Yeah. Well, there you go. Co- that's, that's Coyote a, Ambulance. Coyote, yeah, that's very there. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's me and one other person. We have since, <laughs> um, and and amazing outfits. Um, so the, unfortunately, no coyotes in Indiana Jones. <laughs> no, there's other cool stuff. That there's a lot of snakes. Mm. Yeah, a lot of snakes. There's a running gag of him of of animal phobias. Uh, in each in each film has a. It's funny when you say it like this because this just sounds so stupid. But each film features uh, a giant mass of animals that people don't <laughs> like very much. Um, the first one it's snakes, and there's a running gag of him being afraid of snakes, having like a phobia of snakes. Uh, that's set up in the first kind of uh, big sequence in the in Raiders of the Lost Ark when he's like, "I hate snakes," uh, and the pilot that he's with has a pet snake in the plane, as you do. Of course. And, you know, you just keep your py- your small python in the cockpit with you in because the plane. pythons know about relative height and that it's they have to stay in the plane. That's the thing that pythons yeah. would know. They wouldn't just mm-hmm. slither out and just die instantly out of <laughs> the, a plane. The, the python is the co-pilot. It has, like, <laughs> the map and is, like, doing, like, math and has, like, a compass and, and stuff. Um, I, I'm just revealing that I don't know what a co-pilot does right there. I'm like, uh, maps... Maps Charting probably thing. like. I think they just eat a different meal just in case. It's they eat poisoned. a different dinner at a different time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they probably give the pilot like a shoulder rub when it gets a bit too much, or maybe well, they take nice. over and the pilot does some quick Pilates stretches. So the yeah. co-pilot is just a supportive friend. Yeah, <laughs> we all need a co-pilot in our lives. Yeah, yeah. that's what okay. Oprah would say about that. This is nice. We yeah. all need a. <laughs> We need a co-pilot, and the coyotes need an ambulance. <laughs> we figured it out. Um, but yeah, so and then later on in the film, after he exclaims his his fear of snakes, his fear and hatred of snakes. Oh, like what he's do you mad think at happen- the snakes? Mm. Okay. Yeah, he's he says, I believe, I I I am afraid of snakes. I hate them. And he slams uh, his fist on the side of the plane as well to show you how much he, it's a real bit of overacting, an unusual bit of overacting by Harrison Ford. Yeah, I would from say. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, so after exclaiming his hatred of snakes, you know what? What a time he's having because later on, he encounters an obscene number of snakes in a hole that he has to go through. I don't know how the snakes got down there. I don't know what the snakes are eating. Uh, they're kind of below uh, below uh, some some a sandy dune. Maybe it was an a- AGM or something, <laughs> or a conference. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he broke it into, into Snake Con, <laughs> like, you know, 1940-whatever. Um, interrupted a yeah, TED Talk about there. disrupting squeezing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everyone, like, all the snakes were on their way to, like, various talks or just hanging out. The one snake was writing, like, a blog post about how he went to Snake Con and, like, everyone else seemed like they belonged there, but he didn't. <laughs> uh, and he's like, everyone else, I guess I'm just not a big snake industry insider. Like, like all these other people are, but you know, I like I, people would talk about parties, and I had no idea where the parties were. Um, How would they keep their lanyards Indiana on? Indiana Jones would fall on him from the ceiling. <laughs> um, there's a there's there's a point, there's a somewhat famous shot from the film where he's laying there, and there's a, a cobra kind of like up on it. How do you describe it? He's kind of doing his like. Like, you know, cobras, they get slightly upright and they have their whole hood and they're like, ah, I'm a cobra. Ah. Yeah, it's like, like when a cat gets like that. It's like their defensive like posture. Stance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the cobra gets up on that. And when I was a kid, I was like, wow, he's Harrison Ford's so brave. 
he didn't like you know he faced down the snake wow how'd they do it i guess like there was actually just a, a clear plane of pane of glass between them oh, i yeah. found out as an adult yeah. and i was like there's no magic in the world <laughs> <laughs> um so uh yeah so he hates so in, in this in the second one in temple of doom uh they're uh they're back in this kind of like evil uh kind of temple area the the titular temple of doom and um and they are in the secret passage of doom i guess and <laughs> they they Leaning realize the wall of doom yeah they're yeah they realize that there's that this passage is choked with insects of doom um <laughs> Various insects too. At one point, he has like a stick bug on him or something, oh, no. and I was like, "Those things are actually pretty harmless." I mean, I'd be <laughs> a little freaked out because it's his little like, you know, exoskeletony legs. Mm. Uh, who who likes that? Not me. Um, no, but, certainly you not. Know, yeah, they're not really insects of doom. I think there's some tarantulas, but from what I understand, tarantulas are actually pretty harmless to humans. Like they're not as aggressive. Um, they're kind of just b- big fuzzy friends. I don't know. Um, they're like you know how you were talking about the giant mammals. They're yes. the giant mammals of spiders, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, they had like yeah, a moment furry. as like the big scary bad in like I'd say early nineties, like around arachnophobia, maybe. Yeah, there was they that. Uh, there, were, there was a there was a tarantula that showed up in the classic film Home Alone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, um, that was yeah. Kevin's brother's spider. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Buzz's uh front Buzz's spider. Yeah. Um and I don't like spiders all that much. They're fine, but I don't like a big spider certainly. No, um, I too big. They move very fast. No. Yeah, not into it. It's mm-hmm. it's the way that they move. It's it's the little eyeballs. Like I have friends who have tarantulas oh, as no. pets. And like I'm like how are you living? How what do you sleep this? in your house? Mm. Yeah, they're there. They're no. they're there in the house. Like part of the whole point of structures of living structures (laughs) is to keep shit like this out it's the same thing with wolves (laughs) Um, although i guess people did domesticate wolves and that's how we get like our dogs it's weird when you think about that because like every kind of like like a pug you look at that and you're like once the mighty wolf (laughs) (laughs) now you can't breathe through your nose now now the, the pug which cannot reproduce without surgical help um yeah, it's hard uh, not to feel guilty about dogs sometimes. Yeah, a little bit. Sorry, yeah. wolves. Um, <laughs> but somewhere the fair, wolves are like, "It's okay, we forgive you." It's fine, dude. Whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, the uh, so that's that's the that's the the scary creature in Temple of Doom in Lost Ark. Uh, no, I'm sorry. In Last Crusade, there's rats. Big huge cat paris catacomb of rats oh which i don't God, really find rats scary at all um do either of you find rats scary i think a big bunch of rats yeah would freak me out i got like radicalized against rats by a pen and teller <laughs> show when i was about eight because okay. they had they used to have a, a show in the uk that was all based around fears uh-huh. so in one they got a guy to climb climb into a metal or a, a clear tube that went mm-hmm. the whole way up and down along the set and he was just mm. crawling to for the entire episode. So that gave me claustrophobia. And then he got to the okay. end and they closed up the end and told me I had to go back, backwards, and threw rats in there with him. And that destroyed me, pretty much. Yeah, that would yeah, give me no, anxiety forever. Yeah. And I'm sure there was some kind of magic trick involved yeah. with it, but it, to an eight-year-old, I was like, no, that's a small tube of rats in it, and you, like, so. A singular rat to me is okay. Like, I've held friends, pet rats and stuff. They're supposed to be lovely. Big, huge amounts of any, small animals kind of freak me out. Because I'm scared that they'll hide or else I'll stand on them and kill them. Oh, yeah. uh, my wife has the step on them fear. Yeah. I but just, I'm, it's not like with fish, like a pet fish, yeah. if it fell out. Well, one of her, yeah, like a goldfish she had, I believe, hopped out of her, of, of its, uh, you know, like they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, I actually didn't know they did that until she told me. I was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe a goldfish or or some sort of small fish hopped out and she, I believe, stepped on it as a child. And then she had a dream where she like felt something under the under the covers. She woke up and it was a bunch of fish and they had like sucked all the like the meat off of her bones, like from like the waist down. And to this day she's like, Nope, no fish. Don't want to be around a fish. Hate a fish. That is so um, disturbing. That's like the um the, the Simpsons Halloween episode where the, where the television comes alive. Oh yeah, and they send the Pran is out to eat Bart. Yeah, 
And then they. I wonder they, if she like saw that that night, and then it all. Maybe. Possibly, she was a Simpsons fan. I can't yeah. believe Child. she's still on a pet. And oh no! I have two small <laughs> yeah, dogs, and nearly every time I lift my foot more than six inches off the ground, one of them ends up underneath it. Yeah. And I go, no, no, <laughs> get out of there! It's very hard to dance in my house because a dog will always get under your foot immediately. It's like footloose. Our cat, yeah. Our cat does that. Hold on, I just knocked something over. I'm pulling it back up. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, our cat does that. It's but it's like he's hurting us. <laughs> it's like all right we're all going over here now and then like we'll like stumble over him and we're like god damn it cat you're gonna get us both killed um yeah uh but uh so yeah so there's rats in the third one and again i, I don't find rats all that scary so it's just like okay well that's fine um indiana jones is also i would uh point out is also not afraid of these uh of these creatures, either the bugs or the uh, or the rats. So this is all freaking out people that he's with. Okay. In these, mm. He's chill you know. about it. He focuses all yeah, his stuff on snakes. Yeah. Yeah. And no more snakes show up in, in the tril- in the quadrilogy. Then in, in the third one, it's like ants. It's like Amazonian, like uh, giant freaking ants. <laughs> um <laughs> Like these kind of army ant type things. I forget. There's like a, a specific uh, name for them in the, in the Amazon, and they're just like they just do not fuck around. Like they will, yeah, they'll they'll just eat whatever. They could like build these little bridges of themselves. Yeah, they work together like, really well and scarily. So yeah, ants. You know, I feel like should have like a limit on what they can accomplish together. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> uh, the ants in the, the in that film they know no limits at all. <laughs> They're amazing, which I was thinking I was like since like the big bad villain of that film is the communists, like I and they're you know communists famously into collective struggle. Oh, um, yeah. I was like oh the big army ants are all working together and stuff and Indiana Jones apparently hates that a lot. He Ew. hates when people work together in mass. <laughs> um, and yet he has really well thought out critiques of collectivism um, and uh, and so forth. So um, so yeah, th- that's a, uh, now I'm just trying to think if like there's like hidden resonance in all of the uh, other creatures animals. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could find them, but that one I think I think sticks out. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, so that that so that's kind of an added thing. I'm trying to think like what else is kind of like mainstays of the series. He ends up in some sort of romantic something uh, with in each film. Yeah, um, they said they wanted to be like James Bond. Was there? Yeah, reason? Yeah, so. which at the beginning of Temple of Doom, he's very James Bondy. He's wearing like the kind of like white, uh, ja- like you know, uh, tux jacket and stuff. They're uh, he's, you know, being all cool and stuff, trying to, like, get this some sort of artifact uh, from this kind of gangster guy um, and uh, and so forth. But, like, yeah, so he was he was supposed to be kind of quite the, the, the Lothario. But... I guess they kind of subverted it then the third one where he just gets owned by James Bond over and over again. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> His own dad. Um, yeah. Well, they also subverted it in the third one because okay, so in the first movie, he he had his love interest is Marion, who I believe it's like hinted that like he was like in his mid twenties and she was like fifteen when they had their first fling, which yeah. is you know not great. Um, don't do that, Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, but like uh, that's that's not good. And then in the second one, he ends up with um, I believe she's a dancer, a singer. A performer of some sort. Oh, she is, yeah. Um, Kate Capshaw, yeah. Yeah, and they unfortunately wrote her to be the most stunningly irritating character in the entire series. Um, that's not on Kate Capshaw. That's on the you know the character that they created for her. Because um, she's just kind of like every other Indiana Jones film, the kind of like love interest and generally only woman in the film <laughs> is uh, is kind of like, a, all right, I'm, uh, I'm up. I can I can hold my own in an adventure situation. I have similar interest with uh, Indy in various artifacts and uh, punching Nazis. <laughs> but the character that they wrote for Kate Capshaw, uh, Willie, Willie, yeah, Willie, yeah. Uh, she um, uh, she hates everything that's <laughs> going on. She's not into this 
and she's making it known constantly how much she hates being <laughs> in the jungle, how much she hates uh, being hot and uh, uncomfortable, and she thinks the food is disgusting and all of that. Uh, whereas Indiana Jones, man of the world, famously does not want to. <laughs> he doesn't want to offend the cultures. He merely wants to steal all their cool shit <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so forth. Um, uh, that, that the the second uh, one is also where. Uh, he has he has another sidekick in uh, short round, who um, is uh, this is not the most racially sensitive movie, I'd say no. culturally sensitive. No, no, it's not. It's fairly insensitive. India um, tried to like kick them out or something, or like refuse them loads of permits. Yeah, because of how it was going. So. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was it was kind of it was it was somewhat controversial, and it's not a very good portrayal of India as a whole. Mm. Um, you know, um, so. But yeah, so and then in the third movie, he does he as you said before, he gets owned, but also because <laughs> the love interest is a Nazi. <laughs> Whoops. Um mm-hmm. uh who has also slept with his dad, which is awkward. I would feel like that conversation would be a lot more awkward than it is in the film. Yeah, I mean maybe there's, there's a lot not of that layers close. To that. So son, we both yeah. slept with the same Nazi. <laughs> Like, I mean, for one that's... member of a family to sleep with a Nazi is uh, a mistake, but for two members of a family to sleep with Nazis is shame on collaboration. Them. Yeah. I think pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, completely. They're like Vichy yeah. France. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, good lord! Um, <laughs> I feel like there's there was probably a lot more conversation of them like working out their issues on this off screen because they just kind of like throw it off like, yeah, yeah, son, I totally got with a Nazi too. Um, <laughs> Or something, and they're just like, huh? And then they just, and Sean Connery kind of gives a goofy, like, oh, you know, kind of smile. I feel like there's a lot more to unpack there. I feel like years later, Indiana Jones is going to be in therapy, and it's like, so I thought this woman liked me a lot. (laughs) I thought I'd finally found my soulmate, but apparently, she was a Nazi, and she slept with my father like last week, the week before. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about myself. At no. this point, um, this has really taken a blow. And then uh, in the fourth movie, Marion from the first movie pops back up again. And they kind of go on an adventure. And then they get married uh, at the end. It's a weird movie. That third one is a weird movie. So Shia LaBeouf shows up as his uh, as his son. This is back when Shia LaBeouf was in movies. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a hot property, I guess, because of Transformers. Transformers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he he was in that um, as kind of this like fifties kind of kind of greaser character. Um, I think he unironically calls someone Daddyo at one point. Oh my god! <laughs> um, he's riding a, a motorcycle. It's a really goofy, bizarre movie. So the reason why I think that one doesn't work as well is because there is a level of I want to say adultness to the other ones, um, mm. but like. Like there's a, like a body count. Like Indiana Jones will just shoot a shoot a guy. They're quite violent. Um, like they mm. had to invent PG thirteen for one of the movies because it yeah, was out when Gremlins was out. Oh okay. Was, yeah, they were, Steven Spielberg just was getting into trouble with like parents because they were like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck?" Temple <laughs> <laughs> of Doom is pretty grisly. Uh, like someone gets their heart pulled out. Uh, you know, by, by hand. monkey brains as well. Yeah. yeah, there's some monkey brains. Yeah, speaking yeah. of like weird racism, mm. the that whole sequence is just like, look how gross their food is. <laughs> <laughs> and Apparent, Indiana Jones, yeah. again, very worldly guy, is like, all right, I'll eat, I'll eat whatever, man. I'm cool with it. Steven Spielberg then, said the joke of that scene is actually that the Indians are playing a joke on Indiana Jones to go look what we can make the Westerner eat to show that he's woke, and ah. that's what the joke of the scene was. But nobody ever got it. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. The, the joke was on us then because <laughs> no one got that at all from that movie. I think, no one in history was like, ah, ha, ha, they're yeah. having fun with him. Everyone else was, uh, you know, mm. they were just like, like, uh, Willie is like, can I get something simple like soup? And they bring out soup. It's got eyeballs. <laughs> um, you know, it's very like, uh, just kind of, you, you couldn't get like just like a, a sandwich, like a turkey <laughs> club. Like you a couldn't sub. get it. It would have like monkey fingers in it or something <laughs> like you couldn't. Um, so, so yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> God. um, 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, that so that second movie was, was pretty grisly. Um, I forget what else happens. A bunch of dudes get eaten by crocodiles, uh, and they they show them like they're kind of mannequin-y corpses, I believe, getting like death rolled by. Oh by yeah, yeah. Giant crocodiles. There's a point where um, a guy gets caught by some sort of sash he's wearing, uh, but in a big kind of rock crusher, and gets uh, pulled into it. And then you look back and like this, the, the stone rolls around and it just has blood all over it. Um, I thought this was awesome as a child. <laughs> like I should point out cause people like, even I was like, that's kind of young to watch this movie, but like, I loved it. Like I thought it was the, the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is, this is so cool. Um, there was a level of kind of adultness to it, I think. But um, it was also just like, it's weird to me watching these movies as an adult and not thinking that they're kind of made for kids. I mean, they're not, but they have this kind of childlike action figure sense to them. Nobody really questions what they're doing too hard. You kind of, yeah. there's a good guy and there's definite bad guys. There's no mm-hmm. real twists. Well, there's Elsa, I suppose, in the third one, but there's definite good and bad and they don't really question, again, like we said, the, the, whether he should be stealing all these artifacts from all these countries or not <laughs> yeah no one's questioning that one um the uh there's the bit elsa's an interesting character um for as far as the series goes because at the end of it so they go through there's a bunch of there's nazis there's a, a tank falls off a cliff there's a whole bunch of things that happens and uh they go through they get the holy grail there's a whole sequence of weird stuff that happens there and uh the thing with the grail is you can't take it past i guess the seal in the temple um, it's not really explained why or, or how this is going to work, but, uh, Elsa, you know, she's like, all right, I got the grail. I'm forgetting everything that I was told about not removing it from the <laughs> temple. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna go for it. And like the threshold like cracks open and, uh, she like ends up eventually falling into this abyss. But at the, at that moment she's like oh it's mine indy it's yours and mine and i was like all right so you're not gonna give it to hitler like mm. what's the what's the deal there elsa uh it's never really explained because she dies very shortly after that <laughs> um and then the entire grail temple collapses in, on the immortal knight guy that was guarding it uh, that's if a you real shitty movies, deal for him this is gonna yeah. sound like yeah. the most insane shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> i could just be making stuff up like the, the <laughs> The Monkey King comes out and on his hot rod, and um, but uh, so yeah, like she she has some like weird like wrinkles to her, but you know, still kind of just a Nazi <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, do you have, like a favorite bit in any of the films? What's your like uh, like the bit in your head when you think of Indiana Jones? Oh, when I think of Indiana Jones, um, there's I think it's that that whole sequence in Raiders where um they're trying to escape and they're trying to, you know, that's the bit with like the plane fight. There's a bit uh, where he's, he's fighting them on like trucks, mm-hmm. like the, the Nazis and this kind of like lineup of, of trucks. And like, you, you just kind of see him like working his way up through these trucks, like speeding along this road and just slowly taking out these various like hordes of, of Nazis as he goes. And it's, um, it's such a great sequence. They they have a lot of like great character moments, um, and this is actually mirrored in a in a bit in Last Crusade where uh, there's trucks and a tank. <laughs> so yes, we've, yes, we've it's a horse and boat. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, those those instances of showing the character kind of working very manually with like uh, like he's not he's superhuman. Like they they do. We were talking before about how he, you know, he gets injured and gets like tired and annoyed and stuff. And that does a lot of work to making you like not notice how utterly superhuman this character is. Just the amount of beatings he can take, the amount of like, you know, his his punches are apparently like the punches of God. Yeah. Because just like he can get dragged behind a car and then be pretty much fine afterwards and incredible upper body strength mm-hmm. uh whips that just latch onto things somehow um but like at the end of of um the one and last crusade featuring like the the tank and stuff 
they kind of play it for a, a minute like he's gone over this cliff and has died. And, uh, you know, his dad, Sean Connery, and um, uh, his kind of associates at that point kind of gather at the edge of the cliff. He has kind of a strained, distant relationship with his father, and there's no amount, there's no small amount of like bitterness there and awkwardness and estrangeness mm-hmm. between them. And Sean Connery has this moment where he's like, oh, I've like lost him, like, and I never got to tell him like anything. And he's all sad. And then Indiana Jones miraculously climbs up the side. Like, you know, he'd grabbed onto some sort of root on the side of this cliff and is climbed up. And he's just like beat to shit and like extraordinarily tired. <laughs> and there, everyone, he kind of joins everyone looking over the cliff, thinking they're just, I guess, solemnly considering all the Nazis <laughs> or something. And then like Sean Connery kind of turns around and embraces him and has this moment of like sheer like joy and relief that his son is back, but then immediately goes right back into, Oh, all right, well, we're going to off on our thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, there's a running thing throughout the entire series that he never loses his hat. Um, and like, as he's just kind of sitting there, like kind of at the edge of the cliff, just like beaten down is like, I don't know if I can even get up and, uh, again, his like hat blows by him or like right up to him <laughs> on the wind. It's not even ever explained. And he's just like, looks down like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> And you have like the little like, you know, as it comes, uh, as, as the hat blows up, you get the little bit of the Indiana Jones fanfare. One of the better fanfares in all of uh, film history. Yeah, um, it's a good one. And, and and it's just this like nice moment that I think encapsulates like so much of like why this character kind of this guy who just goes around the world killing and punching people to <laughs> get. Uh, I mean, it, it, ostensibly a lot of it's to thwart the Nazis, but still, you know, mm-hmm. um and uh, that's part of like what makes his his character work is that they they put in just enough to make him kind of like a human kind of charming funny character who can like you know actually feel pain and get tired and like just get exasperated um, while also like keeping him in this kind of like weird mythical space of yeah he's gonna get his hat back <laughs> somehow there we go that seems like a good place to leave it yeah um do you have some things to plug we made a game called Night in the Woods. You can find it at nightinthewoods.com. That URL was somehow available when we started the game. Uh, it's available on Steam, a uh, big PC game uh, portal online. Uh, it's available on all the current consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Switch. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Supposedly, so it's, it's supposedly kind of all right. <laughs> Some people like it. It's great. I, I've seriously just what I have you here. I love Night in the Woods. Just want to say that. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. That's really that, that is very kind of you to say. I'm very glad you that you uh, that you liked it. Cool. So that's it. So thank you so much, Scott Benson. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Thank you. See you, everybody. Bye. Hey, it's Alan. Uh, we didn't have time to record an outro the night that we interviewed Scott, so I'm doing it now with a miniature dachshund on my lap, licking my hand. Um, thank you again, Scott Benson, for talking to us for so long and for being so brilliant. Uh, I wasn't promoting him. Night in the Woods is genuinely one of my favourite games ever. I think if you like Juvenalia, Night in the Woods is like your game, pretty much. If you have any interesting games at all, Night in the Woods is for you. Um, thank you to Dee McDonald for our artwork thank you to Headstuff for hosting us especially Paddy and Brian for setting us up and producing this episode and uh, rate and review us on iTunes and any podcast app that you might use and we're going to keep this one quick so we'll see you soon and bye HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network see headstuff.org for more details